our backs are to each other as we're speaking to each other right now. I won't be able to look at Garrett's reaction at all. Your Thanksgiving is gonna suck. That was an embarrassing showing even by Mink standards. Welcome into the lounge. I am Ryan Mink. And I'm Gary Downing. We're actually doing this in the real lounge today. It's kind of a treat. You know, we haven't necessarily, we've called the studio the lounge, but today we're actually in our office, in the real actual lounge. Well, what's great is that we have a couple microphones on our desk, but our desks, they uh, are on opposite sides of the office, so our backs are to each other as we're speaking to each other right now. I won't be able to look at Garrett's reaction at all. It's going to be like doing this conversation over the phone. I won't actually be in the same room. We're in the same room, but you wouldn't know it. It's it's great. It's low budget around here, folks. <laughs> we need a sponsor. Can we get the sponsor on this bad boy? Jeez Louise. All right. So Garrett, I got, I got a, a review on iTunes to read uh, for everybody. And uh, this one comes from Jandaya HD. It's from Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan says, I love this podcast. Ryan and Mink are hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Double double the compliment right there. It is great. Nobody even knows who you are. Jonathan doesn't <laughs> even was, know your name. That's what I was just going to ask. So do I get any credit for being part of this or not? How no. does that work? Do, just double me up. Ryan and Mink are hilarious. <laughs> and the Ravens are such a great team to talk about. If they show, if the, you guys read this on the lounge, it's the truth. You guys are great, Jonathan. So there you go, Jonathan. Thanks. You know what? You give me two compliments in one sentence, I'll read it every single time. I appreciate that. You know, I actually don't appreciate Jonathan's comments. I would much prefer <laughs> him to say Garrett and Downing are great, but I guess you got to take what you get. Yep. So, Garrett, coming back off a, a tough loss, 27-17 to against the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, what are you taking away from this one, Garrett? Yeah. Uh, this one, it's kind of weird to me. I I came out of there, you know, feeling not that bad. There's definitely been games this year that the Ravens have lost that I've come away from feeling like, you know, Jets, that, Jets, Jets, Giants. Was, Jets and Giants were definitely were the worst too. That was a low point right there. You know, the, the the feeling in the locker room after that Jets game, going into the bye, losing four straight for the first time under Harbaugh, was just a really bad atmosphere. It wasn't a fun place to be. And there was frustration yesterday in the locker room after the game, but it wasn't anywhere close to the level that you felt after that game against the Jets. I came away feeling a couple of things. One, the Ravens need to figure out the problems and clean up the mistakes that they've been making all season long that have cost them games. It's a familiar script. It's it's penalties at certain times. It's the offense kind of getting away from the run game for whatever reason. It's the offense not being able to sustain drives consistently. And then it's when Jimmy Smith doesn't play, the defense looks like a completely different unit. Those are the problems that have cost them in games throughout the season. It was a familiar script. So you need to be able to clean up those issues if you're going to end up having success down the stretch run but at the same time I came away from that game feeling like the Cowboys are probably the best team in the NFL and the Ravens really hung with them particularly early in that game really in the first half and I think that they can play with them I I thought they could play with them going into it I thought the Ravens were going to win the game I was obviously wrong in that but I feel like you can feel take some confidence away from it yeah uh my takeaway from this is that the Dallas Cowboys are really really good they are legit and uh, I think that, yeah, the Ravens uh, played with them, particularly for one half. The second half was pretty darn lopsided. Uh, and I think you saw a separation there between what a 
really, really good Super Bowl contending team looks like and what the Ravens look like right now, which is not that. Uh, And, you know, yeah, I agree. The same problems came up uh, as they have before. Penalties on offense hurt them and whatnot. Uh, But I think John Harbaugh said it best afterwards. The the really good teams – don't do that stuff. So, like, to beat the Cowboys, the Ravens had to play a pretty much perfect game plus make more plays. Like, yeah, sure. Uh, penalties by Jeremy Zuta killed two offensive drives, right, that otherwise would have been around the 50-yard line the offense would have been. What's to say that they would have scored on this? I mean, what confidence have you seen in the offense? What have you seen in the offense that says – well, you know what? If those Zuta penalties didn't happen, whole different ball game. Ravens probably win. Offense puts up fourteen more points. Ah, I think that's a stretch. I don't think it's a guarantee that they score, but I think that you're definitely in a better position. I mean, well, for sure, you're you always know, better having the ball than punting. Yeah, and then after those drives, you end up being in bad down and distance situations where it's almost a guaranteed punt. However, unless you're the Cowboys, where you get a first and thirty and somehow right. end up converting. And that's that. exactly what I'm talking about. Is is that? The Ravens are never going to play a, a 100% clean game. I, I don't think that this team is going to do that. Like, I just don't think they're good enough this year to, to not have any turnovers, not have any penalties, make all the big plays when they present themselves, you know, not leave any out there on the field. I just don't think they're going to do that. And uh, so when, when that's the case, uh, you, you can't sit there and say, I don't know. You just can't say that the Ravens were about ready to beat the Cowboys, but they had these mistakes. Well, that's that speaks to the kind of team that the Ravens are right now. Well, I don't think... a team that's going to make mistakes. Yeah, it's not like you were in a situation where you had the ball at the end of the game and you missed a field goal and you're like, we should have won that game. Right. I don't think it's obviously to that extent. When the Cowboys had first and 30, let me just cut you off real quick. When they had that first and 30 situation, Ravens are up 7 nothing. The Ravens had a 61.5% chance of winning, according to ESPN. That is not like... You had a 90% chance of winning, and you gave it away. I mean, you had a 61% chance. Well, yeah, but... It was still anybody's game. Well, absolutely, but at the same time, you still are in a really good situation there, and they just didn't They didn't capitalize. I mean, that's a situation where you have to capitalize. You pin them back, you force the punt, and then you have good field position coming back the other way. Good teams are able to turn that into a three points or seven points uh, for the going the other way, and then you all of a sudden you have a two-score lead or a two-touchdown lead. I mean... The Ravens, like I said, they still have their things that they need to clean up, but I feel like they absolutely can play with the Dallas Cowboys. I don't have any question about that, and I think the big, maybe the biggest thing, we haven't even mentioned it this mentioned this yet, but was the absence of Jimmy Smith. To me, the game changed in the second quarter when the Dallas Cowboys realized that Jimmy Smith wasn't on the field, and then they went to work with Des Bryant working on the outside against Sharice Wright and Tavon Young. That's where the Trust game Trust me, the Dallas Cowboys knew that Jimmy Smith wasn't on the field before the second yeah, quarter. Yeah, they, they weren't, they weren't they working knew. the ball to Dez. They weren't working the ball to Dez in the first quarter at all, and they weren't moving the ball as a result of that. So once they started working the ball to him and they started throwing the ball consistently, they came out early in that game trying to run the ball. They were trying to run just like they always do, hey. and the Ravens stopped it. I mean, Zeke Elliott was going nowhere in the first quarter. He was going nowhere in the whole first half. He had 26 yards in the first half. So... Then they opened it up, and they started throwing the ball, and that's where things changed. I mean, he got close to 100 yards, and you could say it was an overall dominating offensive performance by 
the Cowboys. But to me, it's pretty simple. They started throwing the ball. They kept them on the field. They were always converting on third downs, and they just could absolutely dominate the time of possession in the second half. And as a result, the rushing yards bumped up there. But make no mistake about it, they won the game because they went with the aerial attack, not getting it done on the ground. Oh, they won because of both. They absolutely won because of both. I mean, you don't have three long drives like they did. Zeke, on one of their drives, I think the drive that they took the lead, put up like 45 total yards himself, and more than half of that was on the ground. I mean, they they went to the pass, and then the Ravens dropped off the drop back and tried to cover him deep a little bit more. They hit the underneath stuff, uh, and Zeke continued to find room the whole game. I, I, I mean, like, did he have a blowout, bust-out performance? No. But he wasn't shut down by any means. He was shut down in the first half when they weren't throwing the ball much. And once they once they realized that they could throw the ball, they used the pass to set up the run, and then that opened up everything. And then he was able to have success in the second half because they had such long drives. But they and they used the pass to set up the run, and the reason they could do that is because, in part, I believe in large part, because Jimmy Smith wasn't on the field. I think, obviously, Jimmy not being on the field makes a big difference. As the guy who also credited the New York Giants loss for that, you, however, have stuck to that didn't make any difference in the loss of the Giants. I said it, says you. Says I, said you. It made a di- I said it made a difference. Yeah, now you're changing your tune. A different game, a totally yep. different game, mm-hmm. different opponent, and I think it, it would not have surprised me at all if they had Jimmy Smith shatter Des Bryant, which they weren't doing in that Giants game. So, Well, you know what? I'm actually going to flip the script on this, all right? So you said that Jimmy's absence in the Giants game hardly made any impact. I think Jimmy's absence in that game had more to do with the final result than it did in the Dallas game. And it's not like in the Giants game you had night and day difference. He was on the field for the first half, shutting down their pass game, wasn't on the field for the second half. They went bonkers, okay? Two big, long touchdowns. The Cowboys game, they marched down the field on three separate drives, back-to-back-to-back drives in the second half. And it wasn't like they hit one play versus one guy or anything like that. They were exposing every level of the Ravens' defense for on those three drives. It wasn't just Jimmy Smith. They were hitting him underneath. Yeah. They were hitting him over top. They were pass interference calls. They were third down passes to Cole Beasley underneath. I mean, Zeke Elliott was finding more. I agree, he didn't go off, but he was finding more room in the second half. I mean, so does Jimmy Smith not being on the field make a, a, have a diff, an impact? Absolutely. But I, I don't think that was the end-all, be-all for this defense. I think it made the oh, the world of difference not having him on the field. And I think it made a bigger difference than it even did against the Giants in Week 6. And the reason I – it affected so, every level. It affected everything that they did. You know, then they start – Eric Weddle said it. You know, when that changes things, then you start rolling over more help to Des Bryant's side. Oh, well, now all of a sudden you have Cole Beasy there right in the middle of the field. Or you have Jason Witten over the middle of the field because there's not a safety there because they're over there helping out on Des's side. Then all of a sudden Zeke Elliott has more room up the middle because you can't stack the box because you have to watch out for what they're going to be able to do over the top with Des. So, I mean, that I think – I had never said that it didn't have an impact against the Giants. I just think that it had less of an impact against the Giants. Uh, so, I, like I said, I think that the Ravens win that game if Jimmy Smith plays. I really I'm gonna, do. I'm going to have to disagree with you on that one. I just, I, I think that, I think that it changed every aspect of their defense. And I think that the first quarter they were. They were doing exactly what they wanted. And then once the Cowboys said, you know what? They don't have their best cornerback out there. Let's pick on that. 
let's it, let's attack that area. All right, here's then a question. It made it, then things change. Here's a question for you: Is Jimmy Smith the most important player on the Ravens? I, I wrote a story yesterday, and the lead to it was uh, after the game that Jimmy Smith made a case on Sunday to be the team's most valuable player. That was my first sentence, and he made a strong case. Just standing there on the sidelines, you saw the difference. Um, I, I'd always take the quarterback out of the equation because I don't think that any team, for the most part, if you lose your starting quarterback, you're going to be any good. But if you take the quarterback out of the equation, I think that Jimmy Smith is the one player that the Ravens cannot afford to lose. Maybe. Terrell, Suggs, according- made, Terrell Suggs made a pretty good case last year. Yeah, Terrell Suggs, certainly. You know, C.J. Mosley this year when he went down made a pretty darn good case. Yeah, I mean you can make good cases for those guys, but all I can, what I can do is I point to, and I think Brian Stanley too. You can point to hey, him I'm too. Not, I'm not saying Jimmy Smith. Yeah, I'm not trying to take anything away from Jimmy. He is a sure major sounds part, like you are. And you know he's a major part of it. And uh, I think this does speak to the Ravens have some depth, some cornerback depth, which is not a new story. Uh, they have some quarterback depth issues, I should say. It's not a new story around here. Uh, you know, they've been searching for that number two corner for how many years now? And it looked like finally they kind of had it in Tavon, but now when Jimmy goes down, that mixes things up. So uh, it's well, an have, issue. They might have the number two corner, but when you're now number two. Now you don't have number one corner. <laughs> you don't have your number one, and your number two <laughs> is playing number one. That complicates matters. All right, did Flacco get the podcast bump? And can I time out before you, you answer that question? Because i got to give a shout-out to a friend of mine, Peter Shand, who I had Friendsgiving with this weekend. And mm-hmm. he said he's a little salty because I haven't given him, given him credit for co- coining the phrase slash hashtag of podcast bump. So this one goes out I think out I to started Peter. the phrase. So if no, coin no, it, you did not. I absolutely started the phrase. Absolutely did not. So if we're going to go back and – if anyone's going to coin on that one. If no. anyone's going to go back and coin it, that's going to be easy. That's definitely going to be me. Absolutely not. Uh so I'm going to pull up that tape. So, Flacco, did he get a podcast bump? I think he got a minor bump. Was it a huge bump? 269 yards, one touchdown, no picks, 98.4 quarterback rating. It's one of his, I think that is was, that his highest quarterback rating of the season. One of his better games. So, I think he got he got a minor bump. A minor bump. And I think that the the big bump, here's, here's going to be the real test. As we look at how he performs over the final seven games of the season, and look how he does pre-podcast and post-podcast, and I think that the overall stats will end up telling the story. Did he look up to you at the press box after the touchdown pass to Steve Smith? That's a good question. I I wasn't looking. Oh, dude. I was already I was furiously writing my own story, and so I didn't look. I have to touch base with him on that and ask if he gave me a sh- shout-out. It's true. So, so he had the second best. That's the second highest quarterback rating. That's one nice thing about being in our office. We can actually jump on the laptop <laughs> and check our facts for once. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and and no mannequin. I didn't see him do the back foot, the back foot throw freeze thing. Yeah, well, I think when you're down two touchdowns on the road, that's probably not the appropriate time to yeah, break out not. the maybe, mannequin challenge. Maybe not. All right. So as uh, as you all know out there, Thanksgiving is right around the corner. Thursday. I cannot wait. Thanksgiving is seriously my favorite holiday. Thanksgiving is a good one. Is it your favorite holiday of the year? Yes. Better than Halloween. <laughs> Halloween's not even top three. Really. Halloween's not no. Um, who has Halloween as their favorite holiday of the year? I would put I'll Halloween take, my top three. Absolutely, I'll take Thanksgiving. I'll take Christmas. No, I'll take Christmas Fourth sucks. of July. Christmas I'll take sucks. Memorial Day. Nice. I'll take Memorial Le- Day over Halloween. Easy. You have lost your marble, sir. I'll take all of those over Halloween. 
Memorial Day over Halloween. Sure, that's great. You have nice, lost your marbles. Nice weather. Because you have no imagination. You know, you can't like make believe and dress up and have a good time. You have no imagination. Halloween's for dreamers. Yeah. Why are we talking about Halloween? We're moving <laughs> on to Thanksgiving. All right, so we came up with a little game here. What we're going to do is, Garrett and I like to hold drafts amongst each other. Obviously, we do the uh, the draft every year around the NFL draft. We're not going to get into that any deeper. Um, we also do a draft for which road trips we each go on. <laughs> that we start planning out about five years in advance. Yeah. Uh, this time we're going to do a draft of Thanksgiving dishes, uh, which is a fun fun game. So, Garrett, I've got ten Thanksgiving dishes here, and we're going to draft them. Yeah. Because we like to, first of all, we like to do the important stuff around here. Yes. We, it, well, we talk about food, yeah. beer, you know. Yeah. All right. Turkey, stuffing, mashed potatoes with gravy, sweet potato casserole, salad, cranberry sauce, pumpkin pie, dinner rolls, green beans, and wine slash beer. So that's just an alcohol option. Right. Okay. And we're going to hold this draft. First pick, we're playing rock, paper, scissors. Just best of one. All right. Ready? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh, ah! yes. I never oh, yes. in rock, paper, scissors. All right. Oh, yeah. You got first pick, big boy. I think I'm undefeated in rock, paper, scissors. All right. First pick. I am taking stuffing. Favorite dish. Oh, God. That's for, such a bad pick. Favorite dish. <laughs> that's your On Thanksgiving. Choice. Sausage in it? Uh, you can do a little mixture, sure. You got to have sausage in your sure. stuffing. I'm taking wine slash beer. I'm sorry, but this is not going to be a dry Thanksgiving for me, big boy. <laughs> Pumpkin beer. Here we go. So you're having water all meal. I'm having go water. Ahead. You're having a little water. Mi- that stuffing just. Ah. All right. Ah. I I will take turkey. That's Enjoy your Thanksgiving with no stuffing <laughs> and no turkey. Have fun. That's a tough one. All right. I'm going sweet potato casserole. Of best side dish that there is at Thanksgiving. You are. Your Thanksgiving is gonna suck. It's just gonna be a bunch you of drunks. Here's water the whole time. Here's what your Thanksgiving is gonna be. It's gonna be a bunch of drunks sitting around eating terrible food because you have I'm, no hey, good hey, options. I'm not there. done. I'm not done. Keep going. Big All boy. right, sure. I'll take mashed potatoes and gravy. So I have the quintessential Thanksgiving Turkey meal. Mashed potatoes, gravy. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. All right. Since I have no main course, <laughs> nice. I might have to. I might have to bump. You know what? I'm just going straight dinner rolls. Just sweet potato casserole on my dinner. <laughs> and dinner rolls. Nice warm dinner roll. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, then uh, I will enjoy, in addition to the uh, great main course that we're going to have, I'm going to also enjoy a pumpkin pie for my guests. Okay. That's not bad. Um, so my choices are now down to salad, cranberry sauce, <laughs> and green beans. You suck at this game. <laughs> I'm taking... Green beans. Sweet meal. Green beans. Enjoy being sober, buddy. And I'm going to take uh, – I've already got kind of a sweet with a pumpkin pie, so we'll do a salad. I've got the perfect Dang, I thought salad – I was going to be able to just pull off the veggie option on the last on the last pick. Well, you still have a veggie option, cranberry sauces. Who's thinking cranberry sauce is their main course? All right, just this, let me just recap what Mink and his horrible drafting strategy ended up with. The meal at the Mink household is sweet potato casserole, <laughs> yep. cranberry sauce, dinner rolls, and green beans. No, That's what and, you, and, and, well, and, and, you forgot you, my top pick. You can have wine or beer. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But it's a terrible meal. Dude. 
Green beans and sweet potato casserole is your main course. I've got turkey, turkey stuffing, mashed potatoes, salad, and a pumpkin pie. I seriously don't need anything other than sweet potato casserole. Man. I can't believe that was a steal of a pick in number four. Here's what we want you guys to do. Go ahead and email, email us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Let us know who you think got the better of the draft. Well, let's not the Thanksgiving you had top draft. Pick too. You had top picks. So. And uh, let us know what you think because this should be pretty easy. That was an embarrassing showing, even by Mink standards. For somebody who loves pumpkin beer as much as I thought you did, the, the fact that you're not going to have any pumpkin beer at your Thanksgiving meal is shameful. You should be, dis- you should be ashamed of yourself. I have pumpkin beer plenty of times around yeah, this time of year. Yeah, but not on the most important day. So I'll be okay. All right, so the Bengals game. Here we go, Garrett. Let's talk football. Yep. Uh, you scared of the Bengals? I, what, we get back to the original question. What uh, are you taking away from Sunday? My biggest takeaway might be that A.J. Green's probably sidelined for the rest of the year. That might be the biggest news of the day. It is, and I, my other big takeaway, and I didn't say it at the top, is what a lot of the players are saying, which is the Ravens, obviously, we've heard this before, but I really think it means something, is the Ravens still have all their goals in front of them. They control their own destiny. And so they don't need help from anybody else. They still have... Three games left within the division. Obviously, that starts on Sunday. And I think they're still in pretty good position with Bengals, Dolphins coming up at home. Bengals, probably no way. Got to win those two. And Gio Bernard done for the season with a torn ACL for the Bengals. So they're out with their two of their top playmakers are out uh, for this game and likely the rest of the season. So do they still scare me? Not as much on offense because I don't think they have the weapons against the Ravens defense. But the Bengals' defense still kind of scares me. They still have perfect, and they always tend to give Joe Flacco problems. I think Marvin Lewis is kind of – he has Flacco's number a little bit. He's a defensive guy, and he always seems to have his defenses ready to go against the Ravens. So, yes, they still kind of make me a little nervous. I don't think this game is going to be a cakewalk by any means. Oh, I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk, but they don't make me nervous. The Bengals are not the same Bengals team uh, that they've been the last few years. A.J. Green was the difference maker for them, and especially versus the Ravens. The fact that he's out is huge. Oh, it's massive. I mean, the Bengals just really aren't a very good team this year. They they beat the Browns and the Dolphins, and the, the Browns, Dolphins, and Jets are their only wins. I mean... Now, their losses have come against mostly pretty good teams. Patriots, Cowboys, Steelers, Broncos, Giants, Bills. Now, the Bills, isn't they're not a great team, but uh, they, don't, they don't scare me. I, I think that they are, uh, they are probably playing – they're probably out of the playoffs right now. I mean, yeah. not mathematically, but this game will be – if they lose this game, I think they're out. And uh, – and I think they will lose this game. I think this is the Ravens win. Yeah, I think this is a game where the Ravens kind of have them down on the mat, and you can't let them get back up. I mean, that's what's what needs to happen. The the Bengals, their season, what's left of it is hanging by a thread. It's got to snip it, just snip it, call it a, call it a season, uh, and take care of business at home and snap that five game losing streak. I mean, the Bengals have beaten the Ravens five straight times, and we said on this podcast at the start of the season multiple times that if they're going to make the playoffs and win the division this year, they're going to have to find a way to beat the Bengals. Well, the Bengals are a team right now that entering the 12th week of the season has three wins and just lost two of their best players. So you have to be able to beat them. And, uh, I mean, I'm with you that I think that the Ravens can still do it. But I I just – I'm telling you, I I do not think by any stretch – well, the, the Ravens way, are going to run away with this one. Well, the way the offense is playing this year, I, I mean, I don't think they're running away with any games. I mean, the Browns were one thing, but they were the Browns. 
Uh, so no, I don't think I don't think they're going to run away with anything. But the defense, the defense should be able to handle the Bengals' offense right now. Uh, they they got to cover Tyler Eifert. That's going to be priority number one. But as we like to play every every week, Garrett, uh, how do the Ravens make the playoffs? Because th- that's always the mission here, right? So w- we're looking at the schedule. Win, got to beat the Bengals, got to beat the Dolphins, Patriots. Eh, that's a rough one. Okay. Then you, I think you got to beat the Eagles at home. The Eagles are reeling a little bit right now after a hot start. Right, that right there. To me, those things that gets you to eight and six if you're chalking up the Patriots. One that gets now. you to eight and six and nine and seven if you beat the Steelers twice to get to nine and seven. Yeah. Then I think the division is the Ravens. Right, and then if and know, then and then that Week 17 game might not even matter. It might not, and that Week 17 game, particularly for the Bengals, will mean nothing because they will. You know, assume right. if, if we're playing this scenario out, they will the Ravens will have beat them on Sunday, and then by the time Week 17 comes around, they're not going to be playing for anything. So that you should think then that's a game right. that you should go out and win. So right so. now, I think if the, if the Ravens take care of business in games they should win, which includes this week, next week at home, and the Eagles at home, if they take care of business in those games, it sets up for a huge, huge Week 16 games Week Week 16 game in pittsburgh yeah and it does on christmas day yeah and we said nine and seven probably gets it done based on that scenario that you just laid out you still could have a loss somewhere you know you could go win win and then to the Bengals and the dolphins and then loss loss to the patriots eagles potentially still beat the steelers and then come back and win in week 17 yes it's true that possibility exists yeah it's going to come down to that Steelers game, Week 16, folks. But, Which is no surprise, considering yeah. it's a two-team race for for the most part, and you know you still got one game left. It's the second-to-last game of the season. It's not a shock that it's going to come down to that game. Definitely. Well, that does it for us in this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you email us once again, and we're taking those audio questions, so keep sending those in. We really like those. And if you, uh, by the way, if you write a review, don't refer Mink to Mink and, and Ryan. Downing. Yeah, or Mink no, and Ryan. Mink and Ryan. Yeah, that's Come right. That gives me no, makes me feel really like I'm not part of this thing. It really is hurtful. Yeah, that's accurate. Uh, so, yeah, once again, the lounge <laughs> at ravens.nfl.net. Leave a rating, leave a review. Let us know who got the better of the uh, Thanksgiving draft. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you later this week. <laughs>